Hello and welcome to Thriving in Business. And as part of the Inspirational Pioneering Women series, we have an incredible guest for you this week. I'd like to introduce the wonderful Helen Hill. Helen is a self-confessed multi-hyphen business owner. Helen is a coach, an author, a designer, an educator, an imperfect environmentalist. And this makes her story truly unique. Her focus is health and well-being, sustainability, leadership and personal development. Helen is going to share her fascinating journey to this point and more importantly, how she managed to create such an epic multi-hyphen business so in tuned with being herself and the challenges that come with that too. If you're interested in how a multi-hyphen business is created and managed, then you definitely need to listen to this. You're listening to Thriving Business with me, Kirsty Wade. The podcast that unpacks the realities of creating a business you love. It is my mission to help you become more confident, empowered and intentional about how you create your business. Allowing you to create fulfillment, freedom and success from your business, whatever that means to you. Each week I'll be showing up to help share and inspire you to create a business where you can thrive. So let's dive in. Hello Helen and welcome. Thank you. Oh, that was lovely. Thank you. Were you aware you had such a multi-hyphen business till I listed them all to you? (laughs) Who was it that was asking me about this a while back? And when I sat to listen, I was like, oh my goodness. And I've knocked some of them out, like podcaster and stuff like that. (laughs) So there's more. There's more. I love it. I think what I... I think because the world of work is changing, right? And I think what I truly love about your story is you have managed to create and cultivate this business truly, truly based on you. And that's what's unique. And obviously, there's lots of challenges that come with that, which we'll chat about. But I know that you're really passionate about just being your true self. And I think that really comes out in the list of things that you do and how varied it is. And I love it. And I think... More and more people do have businesses with multi-streams and different avenues and things. And I think it's really interesting to kind of talk about it rather than feeling pigeonholed into one thing. So let's start. Let's take take us back. Because obviously we know you all those wonderful things now and your business is built up of that. Take me back when it wasn't. How take us back to a snapshot in time of when you just this was just a dream and was it with intention that you set out to create this business or was it just by accident? Like, take us back. Oh, total accident. I, I could never have <laughs> dreamed of where I am now, to be honest. I mean, I had the squiggliest career of going from, you know, a graphic design degree and master's, working briefly in the design industry and realising that was just not my place, to being a lecturer in graphics, working in a, a secondary academy, developing literacy and e-learning, then I, uh, oh, and a, as a teaching assistant in between, actually, in a primary school. And then, yes, I ended up in an e-learning company as a designer, but they realised I could write and that I understood education because I'd worked at all these different levels um, and became sort of full process designer, writer, builder. And alongside all of that, I had Unlikely Genius as a graphic design business, just doing bits of logos for a bit of extra pocket money, really cheap jobs. Um and when I yeah had a rough ride in employment and just quit with nowhere to go, I just was very lucky that someone contacted me about a contracting role, which I'd never even heard of that as a phrase, only freelancing. Um, within two days, I, I got that role and that was that. And I threw myself into self-employment as a contractor and freelancer. Yeah. And 
I even then didn't know where this was going at yeah. all. You know, I worked for an umbrella company for three months just while I tested the waters. They extended my contract. And then I thought, oh, I like this. <laughs> <laughs> like self-employment thing. I'm not going back working for yeah. So, yeah, that, they, that was where it started. <laughs> that was your first step. That was the first step. So and anyone that's obviously read your book, you obviously experienced a, in a toxic environment in the workspace mm. so and that can le- that can be quite challenging to leave and there's quite a lot of issues that come with that and just branching out on your own takes quite a big step isn't it so how did you go from that horrible challenging toxic environment to being brave enough to step out was it a case of you had to do it for your own sanity or was it a case of if I don't try now, I'll never try. Like, what made you take that first step? No, I had to do it. I I basically had a meltdown in the middle of the office by the end. And, you know, God, I look back and say, that's, there was just a totally different person now. But, yeah, I'd really been pushed to the brink. And it just got to the point that I ended up off sick with anxiety and stuff. Was still getting harangued with letters and stuff sent to my house. And I just thought, enough's enough. I just can't mm. do it anymore. I just couldn't see a way through it. So I, like I said, I just thought, right, I'm handing my notes in. I emailed them and said, not coming back. And the relief was incredible. But then also that fear of, right, well, what do I do now? But like I said, yeah. it was just so lucky that I'd at least been engaging on LinkedIn and stuff and that somebody then contacted me about this contracting role at HMRC. Um, and, yeah, it. so it wasn't planned at all. It wasn't... Mm-hmm. And I I think I was very lucky in that that first role ended up being like 10 months. And because it was, I was working for myself, but in their offices, it was that middle mm-hmm. ground between employment and self-employment. And it still gave me yeah. some structure and it gave me time to pick myself up and mm-hmm. to really think about what I wanted, what I wanted to do in terms of, was it e-learning? Was it content design? Because I, I was also doing a whole new role there. I was doing content design, yeah. uh, which I had to quickly learn. Um, <laughs> and there's no job that this woman cannot do right <laughs> like anything you put your mind to just add it to, add it to the resume <laughs> well, it, I am the, the massive magpie for like anything everything I was like oh I could do that oh I could, I could that. like no stop it woman but um funnily enough I'm almost going back circle right now at full circle so that's that's another story but uh in looking at you know where the business is going to go now but yeah. um yeah, I just love doing such a variety of things and learning new things and that moment of like, oh, I made this or, oh, you know, yeah. seeing something in the world. And I love it when, you know, the, like the people I coach or work with or whatever have that as well. So. so so you came out, you had the kind of halfway house. Yeah. At what point did you go, right, it's time to add something completely different into this? And because <laughs> I suppose when people come out of that employment, they're used to that structure, aren't they, of... Yeah the work and day fitting into a box which is like oh makes me feel sick when I think about it but if you don't fit into a box of a job already created then it's not doable or achievable how did you go from that halfway house to go right I'm going to do something completely different and add this in and that's okay yeah the thing is I don't think I ever intentionally do it (laughs) you just add them on (laughs) <laughs> yeah because I actually finished at HMRC and went on holiday for two weeks two and a bit weeks to Norway 
And while I was there, I had an interview for another contract, like while I was on the fjord, as you do, um, and got that job on the spot. So I knew I was coming back to another project with back with an e-learning. And so I just, and that, I don't think I've ever stopped since. It's just carried on going and going and going. But in the meanwhile, obviously I started to write and it was while I was in Norway as well, must be something about that place, that I had seen about the Write 52 initiative where you write a blog post a week for a year. And I thought, well, this would be good for my visibility and just to get Mm. writing and things. And that was where I started the writing habit that led to the book. Um. And then it was when I was finishing the book that uh, I'd had a call with someone who'd said, oh, if you ever become a life coach, I'll become your first like um, client. because <laughs> we had a, sec- a session just chatting away about stuff. Uh, and then Erin, my book mentor, had said, oh, I think you'll be a business coach within five years. I was like, oh, give over. Well, obviously, that was the next yeah. thing that happened yeah. three weeks later. Um, <laughs> I love it. And during this time, I was – on a hashtag, I was an ambassador for Tattle the Crisis, and Sally had seen my business name, Unlikely Genius, and thought, what's this? Looked at it, realised I was a designer and writer and all these myriad of things, and realised that was what she needed for her idea that she had for a project, and that's become Be The Future. So she emailed me saying, look, I want to partner with someone. Are you up for it? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that is just what I need. <laughs> so, what is, what was the guide? Because for me, I'm really intuition led, and if if something comes up my way, I genuinely turn inwards to go: Is this going to bring me joy? Is this going to bring me fun? Like, do I want to get involved with it? Do you have that kind of gut feeling, or is it just a case of yeah, I'll give it a go? Or do you actually like stop for a minute to go: Is what does this mean to me? I I think I have a bit of both. And it depends what mood I'm in, how tired I am, or, you know, health issues, all that kind of thing. There was very much a phase where I felt like I was winging everything, just try whatever, absolutely fine. But I'm now trying to be much more intentional. So, like, I've had to let go of a couple of projects last week because at the moment they're really not helping my health or my scheduling. And, you know, it, they were really difficult yeah. ones to put in and stuff. Um, funnily enough, I've just had an email now. Can you take on this project from a client that I'd said, like, oh, I don't know anyone? So I'm really having to dig deep today and go, yeah. that's not what is your goal. It's not fitting with where you want to be. You know, look at the notes you yeah. made yesterday. Yeah. What you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> Align with that. It's the temptation, isn't it? It's like sometimes I think the universe sends us these things to test us and goes, but just what about this, Helen? Yeah. Look at this lovely amount of money. Will you take it yeah. And then you take it on and go, oh, God, I wish I hadn't. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Yeah, so it, I think that's one of the hardest things for me to really kind of not just go with the flow and say yes. Yeah. Well, and what what is the continuous driver to continue to make your business so multi hyphened? What makes you con? What makes this work for you? Um, I'd, you know, it's weird because like I said it was never intention. I always just thought I'd be one thing because that's what you're told, and yeah. But it was when it all started to come together, I think, that, you know, I'd had this squiggly career and I felt like a failure because teaching hadn't worked and the e-learning company hadn't worked and, and whatever. Um, and I think that kind of led me to – but when I did start the e-learning and, and, you know, I started the writing and the designing and things, I started to realise that things can come together and they can influence mm-hmm. each other. And then a couple of months back I had this realisation that, yes, I've got three very different businesses – 
but they're all in that health and well-being, sustainability, medical mm. and personal development space. Yeah. And they're the, the areas that I love and talk about and, and whatever. So I think just just the enjoyment of seeing those things come together has fired me up a lot, as well as the fact that I am actually a success on my own, that I was told I would never be. Yeah. I was told that that would not happen. I would have to be someone else. I would have to put on this robotic front for the rest of my life. And the fact that I've got a business where I can be myself and talk about bunnies and sloths and whatever yeah. is absolutely the thing that I think has driven me the most. And that's so liberating when you get to the point of realising that you could have that. Yeah. And I think sometimes you virtually need to give yourself permission to create that, don't you? Yes. So yeah. take me back because I know how how important, right, just like – refusing to be anything other than yourself and mm. this is obviously stem because you mentioned the health issues obviously the situation of where you were told that you could you had to be something else and constantly trying to be something else and I know that you've mentioned about um you also like to be the voice around people that have a disability and feeling like they're broken and that there's something wrong when really that can be their superpower um that's not easy stepping out with that voice is it and being that voice so talk to me about that. Yeah, and, and I do feel like an imposter sometimes because to look at me, you wouldn't know I technically have a disability. And, and I find that a really weird thing, even when you have to tick that form and it says, do you have word disability? I'm like, well, technically, yes, but you know, it's really hard. But I just think that yeah, I've seen it in so many workplaces and stuff where people with difficulties like mine or worse are treated like they don't have the ability to do certain things and accommodations mm. aren't made for them that are so simple it wouldn't take the company much effort or time or money to just make these little adjustments yeah. and I just think if I can speak out and try and help those people believe that they have that they are something special that they do mm. have the abilities everyone else does and that actually they have a superpower in you know, people with ADHD and things like that can look at things in such a different way to what other people will and have a totally different take. They might really get immersed in deep in a topic as, instead mm -hmm. of, you know, just looking at surface level. And, and it's about time that people and companies started realising that they need to adapt to these people's powers instead mm -hmm. of making other people adapt to their rigorous processes, which are one size fits all. Yeah. And that just absolutely, oh, infuriates infuriates. Yeah, <laughs> and, and I can totally, I totally see it, and I relate to it, and I've mm. seen in organisations where that's been the case. And obviously, I've never lived through it through the experience that you unfortunately have. But I think having someone like you as a cheerleader and a voice to talk about that from one experience, like hands-on experience, to actually. Mm being the one that's broken free, the one that's created this incredible business where you get to talk about bunnies and sloths and <laughs> do do all these different things that really align to you and how you think and how you thrive, yeah. really. And I think that's incredible. What is the challenges that's come with that, whether that's talking about your disability or creating such a unique business? What has been the challenges that you've come across? Yeah, I mean, time management is always messy. <laughs> <laughs> the struggle is real. Never mind the struggle. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think it's it's of course hard to you know as as someone that gets fatigued as part of MS and things like that. And I have a lot of appointments again now, which for a while I hadn't had. And 
it's hard to juggle those alongside having a business, but at the same time, having my own business has given me the freedom to do that. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, I'm not having to beg someone to let me have an hour out to go to an appointment or having to make yeah. time up or constantly grovel for forgiveness and all those kind of things. So that it's a challenge, but also I'm getting mm-hmm. so much back from the business. And I think the the main thing that I do find hard is as someone that, you know, ruminates a lot and things, I do worry about other people coming back at me about what I'm saying and stuff. But mm. at the end of the day, it was my experience, and I'm just talking about my experience to try and help change the culture. It's not aimed at someone specific as such. or Yeah. You know, and of course I don't name people and that, but I, I think that is a, a big fear with a lot of people speaking out about anything. Even, and it's not yeah. just around disabilities, it's around, you know, gender and bias and, and all those kind of things. Mm. Um, there is a real feel that it can come back at you. I call them the three three a.m. worries. You know, when you're <laughs> like, oh, oh, oh my yeah, God. Oh, I didn't say that. Yeah, but but it's- you've also got to think of the benefit that that if that could help one other person, you know. And I think also it's part of therapy for yourself, isn't it? Kind of talking about that stuff massively. The biggest therapeutic thing I ever did was not therapy. It was writing the book. It gave me a kind of it closed it off for me, I think, because I could finally talk about it. I've finally given my version of various events and I've looked at how I've moved forward and I celebrated that. And I'm, you know, every time I get a message from someone that just says like, oh, I've just, I'm in the middle of your book. This resonates so much. That's exactly what I wanted. Just for, you know, even if it was one person to just yeah. find solace in the fact that they're not the only one. And that's why I included other people's stories in the book. So it's not just mine. There's nine other people mm-hmm. as well who've all had different issues, whether it's eating disorders, whether it's depression, whether it was just not fitting in, you know, mm. they've got postnatal depression. There was all sorts in there. Yeah. Um, and I think that was really important to show that this is a common theme, particularly in self-employed people, that we've all had a rough ride somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And I think just knowing you're not in that on that journey alone mm. can make such a difference, like genuinely. Yeah. yeah. Did you always have a book in you or did you – were you triggered to write a book what was it that led to that I I am an absolute book fiend and I I mean I've bought eight books this week alone (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) not including (laughs) um yeah so and you know I've always thought I would love to have written a book and it was always a goal but I thought it would be a kid's book so it was very much a surprise that that fell out of me and I actually started writing a book about e-learning at first till I realized that I didn't really want to write about that all night after working in it all day yeah and it's been done anyway, better than what I could do. So uh, yeah, it was it was very much the therapy and the and stuff that it created that kind of writing habit for me. And I I never thought I could be a writer because I thought that you had to speak with all these big flimsy words. Mm. And then when people started reacting to my conversational language and saying it resonated better that way, I was like, oh, maybe I maybe I can do this. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I, it was a total shock as to what it was. The kids' book is now on the way. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. The floodgates have been opened. <laughs> yeah. Although, admittedly, I've not written that one. Sally's written that one. My co-host, I'm illustrating this one. So there we go. That's <laughs> Another thing to add to the list. I yeah. love it. That's incredible. And I think when you talk about it, I think I always talk, and that you shared those other stories, and I always talk about speaking from the scar, not the wound. Mm. of your experience and I think that's really important to recognize where you are on that journey yourself because 
you can't really help anyone else if you're still in that hole. And I think going through that book, like you say, it's closed that off for you. So that's you totally speaking from the sky. It's happened. You're learning from it. You're helping support others, which I think is incredible. Yeah, well, that's really true. I, I definitely couldn't have done it a year before. Yeah. It was still too raw. And you don't get me wrong, there's bits that still get me now. And, you know, obviously you still have various hang-ups from things mm-hmm. you've been told. And, but at the same time, it's very much a, well, look at me now. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Award-winning book lady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what has been the benefits to creating your business so uniquely then so we've talked about the challenges what's the benefits what's the biggest rewards I mean the biggest reward for me is just that I enjoy work and I enjoy you know we spend so much of our life working that we shouldn't be feeling like it's a drain every day and crying before you go into the office and having to do deep breathing and meditation to even get in the door and (laughs) all those things I had to do Going yeah. for a walk at lunch and crying on the moors and things like that. Yeah, just to get you through the day. <laughs> so, yeah, the fact that I enjoy it, but like I say, it's, it, the businesses have given so much back to me and yeah. I coaching has been a revelation. I absolutely love talking to people about their businesses and then that moment, that light bulb moment when they realise something and, mm. you know, you get a message later on going, oh, look what I just did. And you're like, yeah, that is golden and that certainly gives me energy and fires me up Um, yeah yeah I love that it's magical I love what you just said about you actually like enjoy working you love what you do and I think so often we settle don't we like we settle to think that this is it like there's no other way but this is why talking to people like you is so important and sharing that story to say to people like look you can create whatever it is you want to create you've just got to be committed to doing it and putting yourself out there and creating yeah. it and you know in all that it's not it's not all unicorns and rainbows you know I mean I still lose my way at times that's why I've just reevaluated a lot this week because I've realized one of the businesses has gone off the rails a little just with me focusing on the other two so I've sat down and assessed that and looked at you know I have gone into scarcity mode with it a little bit and I've taken stuff on that wasn't necessarily necessarily right so I've reevaluated it I've come up with a whole new idea of how to actually merge the businesses together mm-hmm. and this is where I'm going to go forward from now and yeah. There's always going to be moments, you know, where you maybe do go off track, you know, pandemics, wars, queens, there's all sorts going on. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sometimes, you know, you've got to bear in mind that life events will affect things a little bit. But Mm -hmm. on the whole, the overall, when I look at where I am now as to where I was four years and one week ago. (gasps) Wow. Yeah. Wow. Very different. What are you most proud of? You know, it's a, it's a funny question for me that because I always say like I'm not massively bothered about the whole awards and stuff, but I think the book award was one of the highlights for me. I think because my dad was so proud of me writing it as well and obviously mm. we lost him and never got to see publication day, but it's dedicated to him and, and my grandma who died a few weeks later. And I think that has been one of the proudest moments. And not just that, it's about the fact that I – it, that is what helped me move on and it's what helped is helping others and mm. it, there's so much wrapped up in that little 303 yeah. page book or whatever it is I say a little yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but I, I think I'd say that definitely yeah mm. 
So if you, for those that are listening, mm-hmm. you've obviously overcome your health challenges, the roller coaster of having such a unique business. If they were listening and thinking, I want to create something that's so unique to me too, what would your advice be to them? To really look at who you are and what you want to be. How do you want to show up in the world? As, as much as that sounds, you know, <laughs> quite corny, it's very true that, like, I want to show up as someone that enjoys what I do, that I have fun while doing it, that I can be myself and I want to be creative and I want to, I love words as well. So it's not just creative in visuals. It's, you know, all these things, stuff that I've realised along the way. Um, And I think, you know, give yourself permission to be all those things because, you know, I, I had a call with someone last week who, you know, she wants to do lots of different things but felt she had to tie herself down to one. And as soon as I said, why? Oh, yeah. no, I don't. And yeah. you can do all these things. It's looking for those overarching themes that will help tie mm-hmm. it all together, I think, has been a bit of a game changer as well. So, yeah, yeah. look at how, how they can all come together. I love that. And give yourself permission to do that, right? Yeah. And I love the term that you use, right? Because in the feedback form, you use something that really made me laugh. And you said, be yourself. And if people don't like it, they're not your people. They can go and find other miserable turnips to bond with. <laughs> I like the miserable turnips. I love it. Yeah. Well, I'm always calling people miserable turnips. But yeah, if, if someone doesn't like what you're saying or you're doing or the post you're putting out, they can go and find their own kind yeah. of turnips. <laughs> It's basically it. my way of not swearing. <laughs> yes, yeah, your polite way. <laughs> you are a turnip. <laughs> yeah. So, Helen, if people want to come and find out more about you and your book and the coaching that you're doing, where can they come and find you? Yeah, so the main place at the moment is fallingofftheladder.com and it's got all my links to socials and stuff or you can, yeah, head to unlikelygenius.com as well. I'll put the links in the show notes for everyone, obviously. So thank you so, so much for coming along and sharing your incredible multi-hyphen business journey with us. And thank you for listening. And I will be back next week with another episode. You have been listening to Thriving in Business with me, Kirsty Waite. I hope you enjoyed the show. Please do hit subscribe or leave a review. If you're looking for more help and support to build your amazing business, come and join my community. The link is below in the show notes. And I will see you next week for the next episode of Thriving in Business.